listening to New Layer, a design podcast with Tanner Christensen and Jasmine Friedel. How can designers, when presenting in a critique forum, show their work in a way that almost guarantees high quality feedback? That's what I want to talk about today. Okay. We've talked about the critique process in the past, uh, I think almost a year ago now. Mm -hmm. We've talked a little bit about presenting work. But we haven't really gone too deep into how to present work in a critique as the designer presenting. Right. So really putting ownership on you as the presenter and not depending on folks who are giving you feedback to make a critique work well. That's a pretty big responsibility. It is. And it's an interesting notion that kind of what you said, it's really falls on the designer in some capacity to present their work in the best possible way in order to do what? Well, first you need to make sure you're communicating what is the status of the work that you're presenting. You need to communicate what kind of feedback are you looking for? You have to ensure that the people in the room have just amount of context to understand what you're presenting to some degree, but not too much context to kind of distract them or overwhelm them. Right. Mm -hmm. What else do you need? Um, I think it, it just, I, there's so many variables, but I think you've sort of nailed the right things. It's like, how do you, how do you give context? How do you ask for feedback? And I think that's actually the tricky one is like, um, knowing, knowing what to ask for in order to solicit feedback, as opposed to like, you know, just bringing a large, you know, swath of work to the table and saying like, I don't know what to do with this. Help me. Or, Hey, I'm just showing this. So you know what I'm up to. Um, how to really ask in a targeted way for feedback that actually helps unblock you, helps you move forward and make progress, um, and also helps you, you know, increase your quality as you go. Yeah. So even though this is a little bit of a more nuanced focused topic, there's a lot to cover here. Yeah. Should we start with it sort of step by step? Like the first thing you're, you, I mean, we talked about context. We talked about, so there's context there's um, the sharing, how do you share, and then there's the what you're asking for. I, I would like to actually start before that process. Okay. I'd love it if we covered what should you show in design critique. Yeah. Because this, is, a, okay. this okay. is an interesting point that will impact what you're showing and how you give feedback and how others give you feedback. And a lot of the times, at least in my experience, I've been on teams that go on one end of an extreme or the other. So I've been on teams where we don't necessarily have a lot of work to quote unquote show. Like there's not a lot of like polished or ready work for review. Maybe there's some whiteboarding or some documentation, but the team doesn't really necessarily want to present that. And then the other extreme where the team wants to show everything and anything they're doing. Um, so I've been on both ends. Yeah. And I, I feel like, and maybe I'm making this up about you, but you have a pretty firm um, stance on what should go into critique. Like critique is about feedback. Um, uh, there are many ways that different teams do critique. Some of it is, um, not just for feedback. Some of it feels more in the, um, brainstorm or collaboration, like help me get ideas, uh, space. Another one is, you know, Hey, here's just what I'm up to and they all can serve a purpose in unblocking people moving them along helping with quality but correct me if i'm wrong you you believe that critique is all about feedback to a degree yes you're correct so here's how i think about this when you get a group of people together in a room it's best that you 
decide in advance how you want to utilize those people's time, right? Because obviously as part of a business, every time you're in a room having a conversation, that's dollars, right? Uh, and that that's time you could be spending elsewhere. So if you're getting into a critique, my perspective is, and it usually depends on the team size and the organization structure, but it's usually best to utilize that time as a way of exposing yourself as a presenter, as a designer, to different perspectives, different questions, maybe historical data. So the way that I view those critiques usually is you should show anything. It should be, it can be a process document. It can be a photo of a whiteboard. It can be uh, a, a pixel polished thing. It can be a prototype, anything. You can share that work, but the intention in my mind should always be help expose me to my own gaps in this work. What am I not seeing? What's working really well? Where where else have we tried this before? Like, give me some knowledge so I can go out of that room after the meeting's over and follow up, right? Yeah, so you're talking about bringing into critique. Um, when you say anything, what you're really saying is work at any stage. It can be really early on. And I think that's something that folks fall into is, you know, they only want to bring in their polished work or when they've sort of figured the problem out and that way the team can help polish or it can just be a celebration of what, you know, you've done. But there's a there's a key there, which is um, sometimes you need to actually get different perspectives on helping to frame the problem. But back to that, um, you could bring in work at any stage. Do you think it's worth bringing work in where maybe the team has already made decisions on it or the feedback that you get in critique isn't actually going to help you move forward? So on the, the former example, yes, absolutely. If the team has already discussed something, maybe in the previous critique or a month ago or so. Oh, I mean, sorry. I mean, like your product team. Like you've already mm -hmm. understood with um, engineering the constraints or yeah. um, your, your PM and you have agreed on this direction. And so you bring it into critique and then the design team comes and says, well, you should do it a different way. Yeah. Hopefully we can, as we continue to talk about this, we can dive into exactly the thinking here. But absolutely, I think it, it could be a good forum for that. Uh, and again, I hope we'll dive into more, but the high, high level reason for that is again, it's a, it's a form for feedback and expanding your perspective and your view. It, I think part of the problem here is that many teams will view design critique as an opportunity to have like a stand up or a status update where it's just, I'm showing work. I don't necessarily want or need feedback. I feel like, but we're all here as a team sharing stuff. That's not a good use of the time. Like if you want to have stand up, have a designated stand up. If you want to have a brainstorm have a designated brainstorm critique in my mind is an opportunity to, again, show some work at any stage, even if it's like in production, share the work, talk through it. Uh, and we'll discuss a template for that here in a second and try to expose yourself to the perspectives that your team has and like where, where are things working? Where might you be overlooking things, things like that. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. But again, often the teams in my experience will have differing perspectives of this. And I, I think to some degree that's okay. But again, I feel pretty strongly like if you're going to have a critique, make it a critique, make it a constructive forum. So the question that, again goes back to how do you as a designer presenting and let's say that you're presenting any any work at any stage, how do you present that in the best possible way to ensure that you're getting constructive feedback, that you are exposing yourself to new perspectives and you're not just sitting down in a room and hearing people say like, this looks good or, "Ooh, I don't like that. Like, so how do you, how do you, I mean, I think there's two questions just to kick it off, it's like, how, how do you choose what to bring in and how do you, how do you prepare? Do you need to prepare? Ooh, I like that preparation. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, that's going to be a touchy one for us. Why <laughs> do we have differing opinions? Perhaps. Okay. So let's start with, um, how to decide what you bring into critique. 
So in my mind, this is an easy one. Before I dive into it, I want to hear your thoughts. No, like, you go first. You go first. Because okay. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't thought about this too deeply. So I'll probably sure. respond better. So in my mind, again, you can bring work in at any stage. Um, I think the way that you decide what should be brought in is uh, comes down to ultimately priority and prioritization. If you have something that needs to be completed the day after critique, it's probably good to bring that into your critique. Uh, if you have something that's due three or four months out or it's just exploratory, but you have something that's more pressing, you, you bring the more pressing thing. Like you have to kind of space those things out. So you're saying if you have multiple things, always choose the one that feels like it's the most urgent. Urgency, yes. Also scale of impact. Um, a good way to think about this is if you know that there's something, again, maybe it's coming down the pipeline in a month, two months, three months, maybe research has just begun on it or something. You want to still kind of find an opportunity to present that and get the idea and thing exposed to the, to the rest of your team. Part, part of the reason for that is, again, like you said, where you want to con- expose yourself to different perspectives early on in the process. You don't want to become too locked into an idea as it goes down and then only realize after you've finished a prototype that it's completely wrong or off. Uh, so sooner is better. However, there will still be pressing things that you'll need to get to usually. Um, in most of my experience, this is the case where you've got a lot of what we call fires going off, right? So I would say you need to look at not just the timeline of things, what are things are kind of urgent right now, but also what's the impact of these things. Um, apart from that, I still think it's valuable to show almost anything. So again, I, I'll give you an example. I've worked on a lot of teams where they don't feel like they really have anything worth showing in a critique. Sure. And an example of that might be uh, a team member of mine who is working on a like user journey or a journey map. So it and then flow for part of the product experience. And they might feel like they've just got like three or four artboards. Maybe they doodled something in their notebook and they're not really sure if they should bring that to critique because it doesn't feel polished. It doesn't feel like they know what they're doing yet. So they don't want to bring it to critique and kind of waste people's time. Right. Right. However, um, I would, I think that's a great example of something you should definitely bring to critique because what can happen is people can say, first of all, you know, they can be exposed to your, your process. Oh, it's interesting that you're whiteboarding these or you're creating these, these kind of comic book style journey maps. Like I didn't think about doing that. I want to do that as well. Or, or they they can call you on your process too. Like I'm, I'm always cautious of when it's like, oh, well I'm going to bring this so that people can learn from what I'm doing, which might be a good thing, but then that doesn't help you move your work forward. So if you're exposing your process, the other benefit is like you are exposing your process and letting people see how you work, but you're also, um, opening yourself up to get feedback on your process. Um, one of the projects that we were doing recently required a system model. And I was recognizing that not a lot of um, folks on my team have, you know, a depth of experience doing all kinds of different system models. And so that would be something where you can come in and say, Oh, I did it. And everybody's like, Ooh, that's super cool. Like I haven't seen many of those or, you know, the more experience we have, the more we share, we can be like, Oh, you know, so-and-so shared this last time and this might be really helpful. Have you considered doing this X, Y, or Z, um, to be able to, um, enhance, not just the work, but the process itself. Yes. I love that. I want to underline that point. Critique is not just about visuals. It's very much about the process as well. And that can be exactly how you're approaching something. You know, you're sketching things, you're doodling things, you're looking at um, third parties in the outside market, or even things like communication. Here's a draft of a document I built for this project. I'm, I'm handing it out to my PM and my EM. What's the feedback on this? Like, it can take many different forms. Again, the value that I see in this critique is that you have a team of designers, usually design thinkers, 
and they can provide perspectives and uh, pull on their own experiences to help you expand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that leads into the question of, well, if you're bringing these things to the critique, how do you ensure that you're presenting them in the best possible way? And the first thing you just actually teased it out a second ago is you're never presenting or you should never present in the format that's just kind of like showing off or saying like, here's my process or here's the kind of cool mock that I did or here's a fancy prototype. There are good forms for that. And I think people should celebrate what the work they're doing and be proud of it and share it with their team. But critique should really firmly be, in my mind, an opportunity to say, here's what I'm doing. What am I missing? I, well, there's two things. I don't necessarily agree with that. And we can get into that in a minute. Yeah. One more thing before we get into the what we show, I had this thought occur to me. Like it, 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 it really is useful to think ahead. Um, you were talking about prioritizing and what might be three months down the road. Um, but when I think of, you know, someone who's working towards like by the end of the week, I need to have this. Um, or in two weeks, I'm going to have to have, you know, the final version of this. Understanding where your critique scheduling falls in that timeline so that you can plan to get, you know, one or two rounds of feedback before that comes through. Um, I've, I've seen plans before that are like, um, cool, I need to have something done by Friday. I have critique on Monday and Wednesday, so I'm going to check in Monday and Wednesday. But what's missing in their um, plan is like, you know, round one feedback um, and then like user testing and then share that out. But like there's no baked in room for iteration. And so if you are planning to use critique as a as to get feedback, then you also need to plan into how to incorporate that feedback. But you can actually look, if you had a three month project, you could look and decide that you're going to have check-ins once a week and know that you're going to present version one, version two, version three, um, user testing and version four or something like that. So using critique to plan. And then the other thing, um, that we didn't really touch on that much is preparation. I've like, I've seen critiques go different ways where people sort of show up and then go through their stuff and say, Oh, I can show this. I can show this. I can show this. And what that does is it creates like, if there's no required preparation, it requires a really low barrier to entry, which I think is fantastic. You tend to see more that way. Um, but I've also seen the quality of, of, um, what's shown when it's not prepared be pretty low and more like FYI type stuff rather than like really deep questions. So like as you're going through and deciding what to show, um, trying to figure out what you could use support on, whether it's, you know, Hey, I, um, we'll get into the, like, I might be missing something, help me. Or I really want to understand if these, you know, three patterns that I've chosen are the right, you know, mental models for what I'm trying to show or, you know, I need some help, um, looking at the pros and cons between direction A and direction B, um, actually like figuring out what you can use the group for. That's the best way to go into critique rather than just being like, yeah, I can just like come in and, you know, show something and you'll tell me what I'm missing. And here's, here's my beef with that. Um, I have, when I started with my, um, previous team, it, that was all we did was sort of like, let's do a show and tell, and then give me feedback if you'd like to give feedback. And, the common question I heard asked was like, what am I missing? And to me, it felt like a cop out to me. It was, we hadn't actually figured out how we could use our peers to help us. And so therefore we were leaving it up to our peers 
who may not have the context of what we're working on, may not be as deep in the product knowledge as the presenter was, um, maybe less experienced or more experienced. And we're just saying as a fail safe, I'm going to ask them to catch the things that I should be catching myself. And I think that's, I think it, I think it's a cop out. I think it's not doing the due diligence of understanding what value can come from critique and not doing the work to prepare for it. Yes, we're actually in alignment here. Okay. Completely agree with you. No, I so, wanted to fight. I'm just kidding. I didn't. Maybe next time. Okay, cool. So let me clarify a few things here and also underline a few of the things you just said because I think you're you're completely right on. So first of all, in the form of like planning for critique, there's an interesting thing here in my mind, which is a sign of a very healthy team is that you are not super in the weeds with each other's work but you're certainly aware of what others on your team are doing and where they're at in their process and kind of the overarching um, story, I guess you could say, of the team and how you're producing things and working with your partners. So critique is just one form. It's an established set designated time for opening up the door to each work. However, in my mind, it's not the only time or place where you should be sharing the work or asking for help, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And ideally what you would actually do, and the example you gave a second ago, you say like you've got a project due on Friday, you have critique on Mondays and like Wednesdays. That's great. You should definitely try to show your work in that for that forum and make sure you're clear and where you're at in your process. You know, Monday, I'm, I'm actually just whiteboarding. I'm not sure I'm going to finish this project. What can we do to, to accelerate this process? Your team can help you with that. And then come Tuesday, you don't have to wait for Wednesday to show where you've like taken that feedback or evolved it, right? You should send out an email to your team, post in your Slack channel, rally people behind you at your desk and just say, Hey, I wanted to quickly follow up on what we did yesterday. And I think this is something that a lot of people shy away from. They're afraid that their team's too busy or they're afraid that uh, their work will be unfairly criticized if it's not in a person to person kind of format. But again, this is a very healthy sign of a team where you're, you're constantly sharing work. You're giving updates, even something as simple as like a screenshot of a text document or wireframes and just saying, I heard the feedback. Here's where I'm at. Would love some more feedback. And that in turn can help set you up for the next critique, right? Yeah. Well, I think, I think what's still important here is to understand what you're focusing on. So if I have somebody who shares two screens and is is like on Slack and this happens a lot, A or B, and you're like, cool. Um, where is A coming from? Where is B coming from? Um, what's the problem we're solving? What's the specific thing we're looking at? And as a presenter, um, sort of getting all of that stuff up front in advance, which is, you know, in in a critique forum, setting yourself up well means you've given, you've shared early and often. So, so the context you have to give every time you present becomes minimal. Um, but giving your teammates enough to understand so that they're able to give the right feedback, um, talking about the problem that you're trying to solve. And it doesn't have to be the, the like big product problem, you know, that's part of the context, but the small, the, the small problem is like what you're blocked on or what you're unsure of how to proceed on. Um, setting some constraints for, what you actually don't want people to talk about. Um, you know, Hey, we talked about this last time. We're not going to revisit that. What I do want is you to focus on these, you know, this, this current thing at hand that I'm, I'm dealing with. Um, and that helps focus people. So whether or not it's in critique or, you know, in the Slack version where you're like mock one or mock two, you're still practicing the same habits of creating context, asking directly and creating focus. Exactly. So in my mind, and this was an interesting thing uh, I came to realize as you were talking, I am personally not a big fan of the preparation part of critique in any format. However, that's not true. 
I realized. What I realized is that I've just been doing this so long that I don't have an explicit part of my process that says this is planning. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have. In fact, I like you, I would encourage it. I, it's the best way to ensure that when you're presenting your work, you're going to get helpful feedback mm-hmm. and you're not going to waste anybody's time. So 100% agree with you. You just covered that really fast. Hopefully we can dive in a little bit more deeply. Yeah, I want to add one more thing to the the preparation. I think some people just naturally are better on the spot and can think more clearly. Some people sort of when they get in their artboards get a little bit lost. Um, a lot of us are starting to um, work remotely now. And something I notice when we're using things like Google Hangouts or any sort of like screen sharing um, tool is that, you know, if you jump into Figma or Sketch and you start moving around really quickly, the lag on your um, remote screen for your viewers, it's not as crisp as it was if you're all in the same room looking at something. And so just the the practice of like, hey, what am I going to show and how clearly, either like literally or figuratively, how clearly I can show that even five minutes, especially if you're um, not good at sticking to the point or you struggle to um, stay on task, it's actually helpful to say like maybe just jot down the problem um, and then share a couple examples. I One of my old teammates, I had him, um, he was struggling with sort of like the no, really knowing what he needed from critique. And so I just suggested he make like five minute presentations before he came in, he would write down a problem statement. And then in a a slide deck, he would put the three options and we'd go through them one at a time. And it like cut the critique time down by like at least a half. Um, And it also helped him really get the feedback he was looking for. And I watched his questions turn from, Hey, what do you guys think? And what am I missing? to I really actually need feedback on should this card be here or here. Um, And I found that really, really useful. Not to say everybody needs to prepare, but I think as far as like creating focus and really knowing what you're asking for, it's beneficial for your audience to have clarity on that too. So even like writing down problem statements. I used to, um, when somebody would present when I was facilitating, I'd write down the problem statement on on the whiteboard so that people could have focus. And that way, if as a facilitator, anytime somebody started to go off topic, I'd be like, that's cool. You guys can discuss this later. Um, We're talking about this problem statement on the board. Um, What do you have to say about that? This is a distinction I think many experienced, really, um, what I would say senior designers have that many juniors don't. However, I have worked with a lot of senior designers who miss this. And what it is, is essentially exactly what you're describing when they're working or sharing their work in any forum, they have a very clear understanding of what stage they're at, what the problem they're trying to solve is, where they're stuck, what feedback they need. Like they already have this. That's not to say that having a template or planning ahead is not valuable because it can be. Even if you think you already have these things, writing them down, like you said, can be immensely helpful. On my my previous design team, we had a, a critique template and it was basically like a Mad Lib style uh, text document that you were required to fill out before you presented in critique. And it was really short. I think it took people maybe five minutes to do. Mm-hmm. And then we evolved that after we got some feedback that it was helpful. And we said, okay, we're going to schedule a critique a day in advance. So you need to know if you're going to have something to show the next day. And I think we did it on like a Tuesday, Tuesday morning. And so Monday evening or afternoon, people would have to sit down and say, okay, I do need f- feedback on this thing. I'm going to fill out this template. And then on top of that, they would share that template and the work 
in like our Slack channel or in an email. Mm -hmm. And so the night before, or even the, the morning before our critique, the rest of the team had some heads up of what was coming down the line and they could start thinking about it and analyzing it. And like you said, that saved people a lot of time and it ensured that the the focus of their critique was very clear. In fact, there were some times where our manager would have to come in and say, hey, you know, Joe, I know you're presenting tomorrow. I wanted to get some clarity on these questions in your template. Can you go ahead and expand on these before critique tomorrow? That's awesome. I can't imagine all teams having the time to do that because then that sort of like doubles up on the the presentation time. Another way to do that would be to, um, and this I don't know if this is for facilitators or presenters, but to do that in the meet, in the critique and say for the first 10 minutes, let's catch up on all these posts, answer some clarifying questions and then go forward. But yeah, that's we, interesting. We've seen that done before. I think you were just, you've talked about this before at least where at the beginning of whenever someone's presenting, you can go through kind of a template as well. You know, here's what I'm presenting. Here's the stage it's at. Here's the exact feedback I'm looking for. It's it's visual design. It's the aesthetics. It's the flow. Does this journey make sense? Is the copyright? Like you can get very specific. Yeah. And I, it, something that just occurred to me was um, as for what stage it's at, why it's important. Like we're, we've been talking about like, oh, is it just like whiteboard sketches or a, pro- a project brief? Or is it something that's like, you know, polished designs? That's not just to say like, here's the level of fidelity of feedback I'm looking for. Sometimes it's stuff like, listen, we're shipping this in two weeks. Like we cannot move this deadline. And so the feedback that I need needs to help us move forward. Not a, you know, not in a circuitous kind of a pattern. Um, and giving as much context on why it's the fidelity it is like, uh, so it's stage, it's time frame. Um, it's other things that you're going to be coming up against, whether it's, oh, you know, we're actually starting to build this right now. So we need to make sure we answer this question before we answer this question. Things like that are really helpful. So now I want to talk about how to make sure that that statement, that presentation is focused enough because, Mm -hmm. you know, the two problems are either you don't come with a focused statement and that's an, an issue a problem statement, uh, or you come and you spend a solid 10 minutes just talking about the work and then people have lost the context. They don't really remember what you're talking about. They're not really clear on what you want feedback on. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be overwhelming. So this is a tricky one. I think, how do you know what, how much context is enough context? Do you have any thoughts on this? How do you know how much context is enough context? I mean, if you have, it depends on how big of a group you're presenting to. Like if you have a team of 10, it's, you're probably presenting less than if you have a team of four. Um, so regular presentation helps bring that context or any other sort of posting or sharing that you're doing, or if you're working with a partner, not everybody has the luxury of working with another teammate on the same project. Um, so I think it's, it's enough to understand the problem that you're solving, but not too much that it opens up a lot more questions. And so that's something that you kind of have to play and get used to. Um, one thing that I'll do is, um, if I'm presenting something, I'll pause and say, what questions do we have? Um, and ask for clarifying questions. And, um, if you're, uh, if you're experienced enough to really know your space or to know how to man, how to facilitate a critique when you're presenting and you're saying, okay, like I've given you this context, we're going to move into a phase where I'm going to show the designs now. Um, what questions do we have? You should be able to identify which questions are going to help move the the problem that you're solving forward and which ones are just going to like open a whole new can of worms. So when you're presenting and someone says, you know, that's super cool, but where did this problem even come from? And you're like, oh man, it's just like, it's something the CEO is really excited about and everybody's going to debate that. You can just say, 
um, you know, briefly here is where it comes from. If you have any more questions about that, like let's take that offline. Um, so like this is a non-negotiable or something like that. Um, or if it's, you know, you, you could spend 20 minutes going through the systems modeling to help somebody understand, but that actually isn't super helpful. You can say like, listen, that's super complex. Um, I've got this document that you can look at later. Um, but for the purpose of the, of this problem that we're solving, we actually don't need to know that. So helping manage the questions that are coming in, like giving an, an opportunity for clarifying questions to make sure there's enough context, but also managing it so it doesn't get too far out of hand. Yes, exactly. In a lot of ways, when you're presenting work for critique, it's essentially the design process scaled down where it really comes down to your intention and what the outcome needs to be, right? And any chance that your team has to diverge from that uh, you know, most teams will try. Yeah. Not intentionally. Well, and intentionally. you can, you can nip that in the bud too. It's like, um, what did you say? The intention and where you're supposed to be heading, something like that. Um, sometimes it's helpful to say, here is my intention. Do we agree with that? Um, and here's where I think we should be headed. And do we agree with that? And so you can get alignment on the the sort of smallest foundational things, or they appear to be small, but just to make sure that, when somebody then says, um, well, I think you should be heading in this other direction. You can say, oh, no, at the beginning of this, we actually agreed that this is where I should be heading. And so to not sort of like um, deviate from where you're heading. I don't know, like maybe you should be deviating. Like that's something you have to be open to. But at least uncovering those things at the beginning in a way where you can say, oh, shoot, you're totally right. Like I should be heading in that other direction. I haven't just explored that or you know, actually I did explore that and I can see where you're coming from, but it's not relevant for this conversation. So those listening will hopefully start to understand that a key part of being a great presenter in a critique format is being a great moderator. Like I think we've talked about this previously and I've written about this as well. If you have a big enough team, it's really helpful to have a facilitator in your design critique who can make sure that people are staying on track and focused. Um, and as a presenter, you know, saying, here's the feedback I'm looking for. Here's the scope of the work. Let's focus on that. You need to also, however, ensure that when people do start to ask those kind of probing questions or start to go a little bit off the rails, how do you develop the the confidence and the comfort, uh, and the discipline, the discipline to be able to say, well, I hear you. Thank you for this feedback. That's a great yeah. question. I'm going to write that down. And after this meeting, we can go talk. Yeah. About it. I'm thinking of like, this happens to so many folks, but I'm thinking of someone who feels like they're when they're presenting that they need to be the defender in critique or the explainer, which is, you know, I'm presenting, you're giving me feedback and you say, well, have you thought about this? And I say, well, yes, I have. And we decided not to do it because of X, Y, and Z. And like, I can really see where you're coming from, but you know, that's just not going to work. And I'm, you know, I just like, I don't want to hear about that again. Or you can just say, I have thought about that, but thanks for bringing that up. Like, or if you are so adamant on presenting your own thing and, and getting your direction through or whatever it is that you actually aren't able to listen. Um, and that, that comes out in some form of like, well, we decided this all on this already because this works and it'll be a lot faster and thank you for your suggestion, but I'm also not interested. Like there's, there's some version where the presenter ends up when they're supposed to be giving feedback or sorry, when they're supposed to be re receiving feedback ends up just like, um, sort of kicking back any feedback because they, they aren't ready to cons consume it or intake it. And it's really like one of the most difficult um, things to develop when you're receiving feedback is just to shut up. Like 
just to like listen and say, thank you. I appreciate that. Who else has feedback? And that way you maximize the feedback that you can get, um, and choose to sometimes take it back with you and synthesize it later. Um, but instead of like trying to negotiate with the feedback or defend against the feedback or synthesize the feedback on the spot, like I, there's very few people who can take in feedback and take in it, take it in, in a very sort of like, um, grateful and mature way, despite all the, despite all the background knowledge that they have that would make them want to defend against it. It's hard. I've definitely struggled with this myself. Everybody does. Yeah, it's hard. Um, and I think part of it is why though a term feedback, like I'm looking for feedback or give me feedback is a little bit questionable in my mind. Mm. Like I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert who, correct me if I'm wrong, who, uh, instead of using the word feedback, she used the word notes, like, can mm. you give me some notes? Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm, I would like to hear your notes on this. And I think that's, there's a, there's some, some interpretation there that I think matters a lot. But on top of that, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about if you approach critique as an opportunity to expand your perspective, the mindset go as you go into it changes a little bit. And suddenly it's not a matter of like, help me unlock these things necessarily, but just give me these perspectives. So let me give you an example of what I'm thinking here. You go and critique and you're showing something and you clarify, here's here's what I'm doing, here's what I'm trying to accomplish, here's the kind of notes I'm looking for, maybe it's around visual design. And then as people start giving you feedback or if someone says, um, hey, did you consider you know moving this thing here or adding this kind of thing? Your response should neither be yes or no. Your response should be, thank you. I will write that down and move on. And then- Or any sort of clarifying questions or like, mm -hmm. you know, what do you mean by that? Right. Give me an example, whatever. Yes, definitely. But what I'm saying is at the end of that, ideally you have a notes taker and critique as well. We've talked about this previously. If not, then hopefully you can quickly capture notes or something else. At the end of that, even if the feedback or the notes are still around something that you have considered, but you rejected, maybe if enough people are kind of drawing attention to that, it's a signal to you that, hey, did I take enough time to really consider that option. Mm -hmm. Like that feedback is still valuable. If someone says, you know, I know you're shipping this tomorrow, but I'm really concerned about the directions taking and how it reflects on our business objectives. Your response in the meeting shouldn't be like, well, the PM made me do it or, oh, that's good feedback. I'll take it back to the PM. Your response should be, that's really good feedback. Let me make a note and I will think on this and maybe we can work together after this to have a conversation, right? So no matter what the feedback is, good, bad, neutral, there's still an opportunity for you to expand your perspective and really double down on some of those things. Yeah. I don't know if I'm super aligned with the idea of not calling it feedback. Um, like notes is something that our perspective feels pretty soft as in like, Oh, I'm just trying to learn more. Um, but really we're trying to like up our quality, um, up our efficiency, solve problems. And those objectives like sometimes need feedback. And I think of feedback as things that are not working well, um, things that, could be improved upon or things that are working well. And so when you're in a room too, it's really helpful to acknowledge what are, what are the people in the room who are giving you feedback good at? Um, if you have a, you know, a a really great systems thinker, uh, leveraging them on your, on your systems thinking, very helpful. If you have somebody who's excellent at visual polish, when they give you feedback on visual polish, like listen to it. Um, sometimes just seniority is really helpful, um, for somebody who like, there's times where I see stuff and I'm like, I I've seen this a thousand times and I can give feedback that maybe a junior folk, you know, somebody wouldn't have, have had that experience before. Um, that's not to say junior folks don't have really relevant experience, um, that they can also give feedback or skills, 
But I just, I like account for that. You're not just bringing your work in to do lip service and to be like, so I took it to critique and I got feedback. No, it's actually like the point is to go in and learn and take feedback and iterate and improve. Um, and I think that's really, really important to do. And so one of the big takeaways for me as being a, a presenter and critique is to make space for that feedback. Like when we talk about setting up context, making sure everybody has their questions answered, doing the presentation, asking for what you're looking for and probably asking for what you're looking for before the presentation so that people can um, adhere to that as they're viewing your presentation. You've already got about four steps there that are all about you talking. And then what happens a lot is we just see, you know, oh, and by the way, we only have two minutes left. So somebody give me feedback. And so really sort of short circuiting those front pieces and making the ask small enough so it's manageable. Imagine like, you know, context being, you know, hey, you all know that I've been working on the settings page. Um, what I'm going to bring to the table today is I'm going to try and figure out what controls are the right controls. I'm going to walk you through three options and talk through my logic on them. And then I'd like to collect feedback and then walking through the three options, going through pros and cons, and then saying, can you help me evaluate these and decide how to move forward? Like we can make these really, really concise presentations so that then the discussion comes around the actual feedback portion. And I think that's the kind of presentation that ends up moving us much further along. Absolutely. Another part of that too is considering the format that you present in, right? There are times where you will want to have a very rough uh, presentation where you just open up a working document and kind of zoom around it. There are other instances where I can see you would want to have more of a presentation style format. Um, it really just depends on what you're trying to achieve, how far along the work is, how many people are in the critique, uh, who is in the critique, like you said, all those kind of things. So for example, uh, I think some of the best critiques I've been in were where the presenter really showed work that was in the same kind of form as where the stage of the work was at. So for example, if they were showing whiteboard drawings, they would either you know pull up a photo of that and just kind of show mm -hmm. the photo and there's nothing else to it. Or they would have like a text document that translated what was on the whiteboard and we could just quickly look at that the active or uh, write it on the whiteboard like i've yeah, seen them reader. do that too yeah. yeah and then i've also been part of uh presentations where for example um the work was maybe in the initial like planning stage they hadn't begun anything at all and they were just thinking through like what is the problem i'm trying to solve they needed feedback on that mm -hmm. and the way they presented it was a really simple keynote uh, presentation and it was just like plain text with a few shapes and that was really immensely helpful because we could go step by step through the designer's process of how they're thinking about this. And the simplicity of the presentation meant that we could all follow along really clearly. And because he was presenting it in the story format, it was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think you need to do that by any means. I think that was a little over the top. Um, but as you're going into this, don't just think about what is the problem I'm trying to solve? Who's there and how can I leverage their strengths? Also think about what is the best format for me to present this in that will help achieve the goal I'm looking for. Yeah. And I mean, something else is time. How much time is it going to take? If you have an hour critique once a week and there's six people on your team, maybe you show every other week and you have 20 minutes. Um, maybe the team doesn't show up until 10 minutes in and all of a sudden you're, you were at the last slot and you thought you were going to have 20 minutes, but you only have 10 minutes. Um, really knowing how long it takes to, present the different pieces and get through the problem is a, a skill. And I think a lot of times we depend on someone else for timekeeping. And then what happens, a 10 minute critique becomes a 30 minute critique. Somebody gets bumped to next week. 
So really figuring out how to manage your own time. If you have 20 minutes and you know, you want the majority of that to be feedback, what are the things you put in? What are the things you put out? And to me, until you get really good at that, it does point back to a little bit of preparation. What is the one question I'm going to be asking? What am I going to show, um, to get to answers? What am I going to show for context like that? It is really helpful to get that ready in advance. It's not a must, but it's definitely something that can um, make the time more efficient. Yeah. So there's a lot here. Um, I think we've covered some really great points on the top. The TLDR for me is when you go into critique, really think about it as an opportunity to not just show your work, but expand your, your, your ideas around the work itself. Be very intentional about what you're asking for feedback on. Um, be very intentional about who you invite to the conversation and what kind of feedback they could give you. Why do you say that? Who you invite to the conversation? Like, would you exclude people? I think there are times where you may want to include like an engineering partner or a product managing partner or a designer from another team. Oh, you're not talking about like design critique. You're just talking about for feedback. I mean, that you can you can invite non-designers to design critique, but that's a Ooh, conversation can for another you? day. I don't know. Okay. Um, and then, you know, on the ending point, kind of like you said, just be really respectful of everyone's time and remember that critique is, is a purpose to kind of level up the team together. Mm -hmm. You can learn things and expand your work and really improve your craft and quality. Totally. If you approach it with the mindset of like, we're here to level up, not just to show off or waste each other's time. Yep. Absolutely. All right. More later. More later. All right.